Hey, Audioed listeners, this is part two of a four-part Audioed. Audioed 34 is a four-part retrospective. My favorite bits and moments from the first 23 Audioeds, the ones that are not available on any of the podcast sites, but are only available to Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash Should you wish to support Audioeds in that way, if you have that kind of extra financial energy right now i know it's a weird time so if and only if you can't afford it but here but here for audio 34 my favorite parts of those first 23 audios here is part two of four This is your hydration reminder. Everybody stay hydrated. <laughs> it's important. I, I always appreciate those reminders. I, was a, I went and saw... Uh, I went and saw Willie Nelson for the first time this summer. Oh my God, man. That was a revelation. But uh, it was in Cincinnati. Have you ever been to Cincinnati? Yep. The thing that people who haven't been to Cincinnati don't understand is that it's on the border of Kentucky, yeah. right? It's like on the, across the river is Kentucky. So as many people are drawn to Cincinnati from Kentucky as from Ohio. And already you're in Ohio, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but that's judgmental. What a fucking horrible thing to say. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> What a dick. Um, but anyway, they, they had these like huge hydration reminders on the, it was like it was a funny festival. It was one of those big ones, you know, like a huge screen and it would be like like a screen wide picture of the Coke logo. And then it would like do like a fancy wipe and then it would say, please hydrate, you know? <laughs> and then but this is kind of actually, there's hope for everybody because then it does this like sweep and it's like, visit the secret tent. And it's like a pink logo and you're like, what's the secret tent, you know? And then you're wandering and you see this pink tent. You're like, I'll go to the secret tent. And they're giving away like vibrators and lube and everything, you know? So they're getting it, it's gotta be secret, but they're getting it out there, you know? Yeah, right? This song is about uh, lusting after underage girls and realizing that uh, it's no longer appropriate to do so. It's also about uh, getting divorced, but if you're not married, is it still a divorce? And it's also about uh, it's also about Native Americans and how uh, uh, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Benjamin Franklin. He was hanging out with those guys all the time. I just read this great book. I read this great book that <laughs> I just got this book on my friend's shelf, also in Cincinnati. This is the Cincinnati show. And uh, I got this book and it was so fucking annoying because it was like one of his old textbooks and he had like drawn lines all over it, you know, and like highlighted it. Do you know what I mean when you get like, old used books? 
and you like you're like, why did he think that was important? You know. <laughs> and so then you start thinking about why he thought that was important. And he's also he was like really bad at underlining books, so it's like everything is underlined, so it's all important. But that one thing, why is that not important? You know. <laughs> but anyway, this thing talked about how Benjamin Franklin used to hang out with the natives and how. You know, everybody that came over here from England, they were running away from something originally. And, and uh, you know, you gotta remember, it's like, here, you gotta look at it this way. In 1776, okay, who, who's good at math? Show of hands. One hand, right hand. Okay, I see that hand right there. Okay, what's 2014 minus 1776? 248. What is... Hang on, keep it. Okay, do you remember 248 princess? Okay. What? Oh, 238. See? What is 1776 minus 1492? Crickets. What was the first number? 238. Exactly. It has been longer, it was longer between when Columbus landed and we declared our independence from Britain. That is a longer time period than from that time to now. Wrap your mind around that fact, Americans. <laughs> and then try to vote for Barack Obama. <laughs> this is a song about underage girls. You told me that you played five minutes of one of my audios for your friend, and... The five minutes changed his life. Yeah. He resigned from his profession, he quit his job, wow. he moved away and started a whole new life. Wow. That's amazing to hear the power of audios. The more you listen to people and feel and treat them as though they are fascinating, the more they will find you fascinating as well. Communication. 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 The imparting or exchanging of information or news. Communication. Transmission. Conveyance. Divulgence. Means of connection between people or places in particular. Very interesting. I mean, how deep do you want to go? Historians say we've entered a new age, the information age. Communication. How deep do you want to go? Portal. How, how deep, deep do you want to go? History. 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 Portal. History. History. Portal moving in and out. From the Latin meaning to share. To share. 
sharing is caring. God was I not caring when I do wanna be sharing my pad tie on the road in 2007. Howard said that he wasn't hungry and then my pad tie came and he wanted to eat more than half of it. And then I eventually got to that throat. Was I not caring? because I didn't want to be sharing. Communication, Latin meaning to, to share, is the purposeful activity of information exchange between two or more participants in order to convey or receive the intended meanings through a shared system of signs and semiotic rules. Wikipedia, who is writing this? Who writes Wikipedia? What is this world that we have found ourselves in? What portal did we go through? What portal did we go through? I mean, what is going on, man? What is going on? What is going on, man? What is going on? Human communication is unique for its extensive, for its extensive use, of, use language. of language. The basic the steps basic of communication, communication are the forming, are the forming of communicative intent, message, message composition, message, message encoding, encoding, transmission, transmission of, signal, of signal, reception, reception of, signal, of, signal. of signal. Remember that game Remember of telephone? That game of telephone? Remember that game of telephone? Remember that game of telephone? How many steps? Not to mention the neurons firing various, various neurons, neurons memories, memories remembered, remembered and forgotten and forgotten remembered again, remembered again. Unconsciously, unconsciously remembered memories memories man man i mean how do you do you want to go communication communication in general takes place inside and between three main subject categories human beings living organisms in general and communication enabled devices communication in the category of living organisms usually occurs through visual auditory or biochemical means human communication is unique for its extensive use of language an entirely new form of medium was invented in 2014 by john elliott called audiodes audiodes are a form of auditory communication point of these audiodes is it, it, it's it's a collage we don't need to stay on topic <laughs> <laughs> the pelican brief movie october of 2002 the pelican 2002 brief. the pelican brief most of the people listening to this probably don't even know what that was or is the pelican brief and it's it's not allowed to be on youtube i know that was that sucked when that when they finally found it and took it down i, I still don't understand that i mean there's so much copyright violation out there i'm, I'm kind of surprised anyone came after that one 
the emails were so funny. Like I just started getting a barrage of like red emails with red text, you know? <laughs> were they from a law firm or were they from Paramount or who are they, who are they from? They were from YouTube and they said that the copyright, whoever owns the copyright of the Pelican Brief movie, which I guess was Warner Brothers or whatever, had contacted them and told me to cut it out. <laughs> What's amazing about so, but really, like communication. I've been, I've been listening to the tracks, and communication was like a big theme of both the movie and then our interpretation of the movie. That's true, and I I think the do you know the reason why? Do you know how that came to be? Yes, because Denzel Washington spends the entire movie on the phone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like when you watch it, when you watch it without the audio. Like there's, you know, of the 77 minutes that we've, that we've made music for, probably 20 minutes is spent on the phone, you know? <laughs> and like, I'm sure it's really riveting when you have the audio, but when you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Will you briefly explain what the Pelican Brief Project was and then I guess is? You know, I just, you know, out of nowhere said to you, we should make a record that synchronizes with a movie like, you know, The Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon, um, and we should do a really bad movie, something like Mr. Mom. And then you were like, and you were like, how about the Pelican Brief? The Pelican Brief, brief movie. Uh, and that was, it. <laughs> that was it. The Pelican Brief, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And that was it, that was it. It's, you said you said the Pelican Brief, and then we like started running around the house because we were laughing so hard at how funny that was. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> And within, and I, I would say within 45 minutes, we were driving to Best Buy to buy the DVD. Here's the main thing, and this is what I want to talk about. It's 2002. Saddam Hussein is on the cover of Time magazine with an article that's like, we should go after him. It's uh, 13 months after September 11th. And yeah, weirdly, yeah. weirdly, without us knowing, you randomly choosing this movie, one of the major themes of the movie is shady government figures. There, there's always all these shots of men wearing suits, like shady, white, scary government guys, and they're always yep. shot from below, so they look tall and menacing. <laughs> yep. And they're always, uh, and they're they're watching you. Obviously, the ministers are watching you. Um, and they've got some agenda that you're not privy to and that you, you, you know, you don't get to hear about until you're possibly dead. Right, uh, right. And meanwhile, you know, in, in the country, we're witnessing the Patriot Act and the ramp up to war and all the bizarre realities that were part of our lives that year. I remember for at least two years after 9-11, having this sort of like feeling like I was not being told everything. Um, and I think stuff was being deliberately withheld and like basically public opinion was being manipulated. And, you know, I'll say that I still kind of feel that way. I, I don't feel as acutely as I did back then, but I felt very strongly about it then. And I remember, you know, I remember the first time I read an article that said that, you know, in the New York Times actually, that said that Bush was going to use 9-11 um, as pretense to invade Iraq. And I was like, the fuck are they talking about? Are they, I mean... How on earth could they justify that? I remember having that discussion with you. I, it, it made no sense. It was absolute Orwellian, East Asia, Eurasia. It was just, it made no sense to anybody. Yeah, that it was, really didn't. Yeah. But what's, yeah, exactly. It still exactly. doesn't. Yeah. No, it still doesn't. You're, you know, you're totally right, too. I remember that feeling. 
it's hard to know what you don't know, right? So I think a big part of conspiracy theories is we basically like imagine that there's this really big, vast conspiracy happening that we're not aware of. Um, and when you don't know, you really don't know. And I'm not sure if there is some sort of like really like network conspiracy. I do think that we're not given the full picture. I mean, that's, I think that's a guarantee. Um, and I think that's probably for the best that the American people don't know everything that's going on. And I don't think that there's like some really coordinated network of people who really, you know, who are making all the decisions and are fully in the know. Um, but I think at that time there was, I don't know, some people, some, some bad actors who had access to information and were just using it for their own benefit, basically, rather than, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't even know where I'm going with this. No, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's getting at what I see as the problem with conspiracies and conspiracy theories is I don't really trust, I don't really give those people that much credit. President and colleagues, I rise to address our policy in Iraq. The situation remains fluid and administration officials are engaged in negotiations at the United Nations over what approach we ought to take with our allies to disarm the brutal and dictatorial Iraqi regime. Our debate, the debate we're going to have on the floor of the Senate today and in the days to follow is critical because the administration seeks our authorization now for military action. This debate, colleagues, must include all Americans because our decisions finally must have the informed consent of the American people who will be asked to bear the costs in blood and treasure of our decisions. When the lives of sons and daughters of average Americans could be risked and lost, their voices must be heard in the Congress before we make decisions about military action. Right now, despite a desire to support our president, I believe many Americans still have profound questions about the wisdom of relying too heavily on a preemptive go-it-alone military approach. Acting now on our own might be a sign of our power. Acting sensibly and in a measured way in concert with our allies, with bipartisan congressional support, would be a sign of our strength. This is a really intense storm. This is really intense. Martha, Texas. Amy, Sue, and Brandon picked me up in Alpine and we drove the 30 miles to Marfa. And it was drizzling a little bit when we were leaving Alpine. Uh, but it was clear when we got here, but it was drizzling a little bit. You could feel like it might rain, but the sky was clear, the stars were beautiful. It was really something else. So I set up the tent real quick and got in it and had a relaxing little moment there. Taking a deep breath, looking at my phone, 
And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up a couple hours later. It got really intense in here. This is this is the aftermath. Whatever the thing is that was over, directly overhead of my tent, has now hopefully passed over. I mean, that was intense. I don't know if we could go through another one of those. That was really, really, really intense. So, so far to my tent pitching skills, the tent is up, man. Here it picks up again, see? What a big storm. gotta ride it out. All you can do is ride it out. There's flash lightning. There's lightning going on all around. And when it was really at its peak, when it... I've never seen it like this. I mean, the wind was blowing so hard. And I don't know if we're out of the woods yet. This feels like another round could be starting, but the wind was blowing so hard that like the roof of the tent was bending down into my face, almost touching my face. I just keep waiting for it to blow over and we can have a nice calm night in here. But it is rocking right now. Keep you posted. We're gonna take a little break here from uh, dictating. Although the dictating is making me feel a little less scared. I admit that it's, it's a little scary. I get a little scared. I don't know enough facts about lightning safety in these situations. I feel like I don't know enough facts about lightning safety in these situations. Like, that's a long thunder roll. It's still going. Probably wants to just take all my clothes off and get outside, but I don't have a towel. I'm gonna try to ride it out here. I'm gonna keep riding it out. Amy Sue is somewhere in her car, I think. I think she's in her car. And the car is not far. If we need, if a bail is necessary, but I think it's all right for right now. Why do we do those things? Why do we do those things? Why do we do those things? Why do we, what, what is the purpose of these military actions? I'm just trying to understand it because I never served my country in that way. Yeah. I didn't do it. Most people didn't. Most people don't. The numbers are extraordinary. You know, we sent a lot of people to fight in World War One, even though we got into the war late and only fought for about a year. You know, World War One killed nearly 10 million soldiers. That's every... Well, throughout, in all, yeah. all theaters of the war. 10 million lives. Uh, and what was accomplished? It was The American Civil War killed, what, between combat and the diseases associated with it, a half a million. Uh, oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. 
World War II, yeah. you can't even get to the nearest 5 million. The estimates are 50, 55, 60, 65 million, somewhere in there. 90, well over 90% of which were civilians. Over 90% of the dead in World War I were soldiers. Over 90% of the dead in World War II were civilians. But look what's happened since World War II. The world has been continually at war. If you try to find, I think there may have been a 12-month period when there were no international conflicts going on, but it's hard to find a 12-month period since 1945 when there weren't wars going on that were between two countries, not civil wars within a country like the Irish Civil War or the the others that raged for decades, but, and the toll has been just enormous. But for Americans, fewer and fewer Americans have been engaged in wars. In my generation, for those of us from my age group, discounting women because women weren't engaged, except in tiny numbers, of the young men who came of age during the Vietnam War, which spanned a 10-year period, about 26 million young men came of age during that time. Over two million actually served in Vietnam, which means one in 13 hmm. uh, served in Vietnam or in the coastal waters around Vietnam. The numbers are far smaller yeah. for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're, we're talking about you know, 1% of our young people who were of an age to be engaged in these things do, uh, which is which what it's done since World War II is made the American people, it's, it's, it's an alien thing. It's increasingly alien, and therefore, which, which on, in one sense is, is a really good thing, you know, we don't want to send our people to die. But on the other hand, because it's happening to somebody else, people are not engaged in it, they're not active in the, in the debate over whether or not this is a good idea to, to engage in this particular thing. I've heard that argument about the Iraq war, yeah, it, that really the amount of families and their, you know, the, the way it trickled out, the people that were affected, if it had been the percentages that you were talking about for Vietnam, yeah. and which is the most recent example, I guess, uh, they, they never would have gone for it. Yeah. People never would have gone yeah. for it. But it was such a small enough piece of the pie that and, you know, people, you know, thoughtful people recognized at the time, hey, wait a minute, you know, we got attacked by Saudis, people from Saudi Arabia, and they're led by a guy who right now is in Afghanistan or Pakistan. Why are we going to war in Iraq? <laughs> we went to war in Iraq because Saddam Hussein tried to kill the president's daddy. <laughs> There's no doubt his hatred is mainly directed at us. There's no doubt he can't stand us. After all, this is the guy that tried to kill my dad at one time. The forests have been gone long now, replaced by the monotonous flat country. Endless desolate fields gone to timothy and low shrubs, shacks, eerie deserted estates guarded by brooding shadowed mansions where demons undeniably walked. Leering empty shanties where the people had either moved on or had been moved along. An occasional dweller's hovel given away by a single flickering point of light in the dark or by sullen inbred clans toiling silently in the fields by day. It was ugly country. 
back in the city. The big, big city. Back in the city. Big, big city. And I am walking. To get picked up. Back in the city. And I was just about to take out my phone. It occurred to me while I was walking here to text somebody something, and I was just about to take out my phone and start texting them, and then I thought... And then I thought... And then I thought... Don't take out your phone. Don't take out your phone. Don't take out your phone. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. You've been talking about putting boundaries around your phone. There's a really good one. No texting and walking. No texting and driving. No texting and riding. No, no texting and walking. Texting no texting and, walking. and driving. No texting, no texting and riding. And driving. No texting and walking. No texting, no texting and, and driving. No texting and riding. The idea is to use the new device with intention. Like a cognizant human and not like a mindless ape. Use the new device with intention. I've really been enjoying airplane mode. You know, you go on airplane mode, mode, charge it up, turn it upside down, don't look at it. But what's amazing is how often you have the impulse to use it when you're taking conscious breaks from it. That is pretty amazing. And obviously, it's a very useful tool. I mean, look, look, look. The usefulness of mobile networking, mobile apps, mobile communications, all via the wireless. Mobile networking, mobile apps, uh, I mean, it's, mobile communications. The implications are off the charts, all right? Let's be honest here. You can't overstate the changes. Game changer. You think about the 90s. She's like the sonar. And she'll say to him, that guy that you're doing business with, he's a phony. Her sonar is just working. He's a phony, don't trust him. Oh, he's all right. No, I'm telling you, don't trust him. Nine out of 10 times, she'll be right. She's just the sonar to tell that sub just turn right. God just gives her that special sensitivity. Now, the man, therefore, he tends to be more defensive and it tends to be suspicious. Why is this? Because, you see, he's the protector. But the woman tends to be more trusting and to be more open. Why is this? Because she is the nurturer. She is the life giver. And therefore, the woman, she knows how to forgive. She'll forgive the children over and over again. She'll even forgive her husband when he does her dirty. She will forgive. All of these are generalizations, first of all, okay? Just generalizations. (laughs) Secondly, I'm not talking about strengths and weaknesses. In each of these qualities, male and female, there's a strength and a weakness. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to understand that God made men to be men and God made women to be women. And God says, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a fitting helper for him. There is to be a partnership. All right. The purpose, the partnership, and the permanence of marriage. Look with me in verse 24. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Do you see the word cleave? Now, the word cleave there is actually a Hebrew word which means to weld or to glue. Like you would glue two pieces of paper together. 
Now here God is talking about the future of the family. A man will leave his father and his mother, he'll cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Here is God's principles to keep us from having broken homes. And God doesn't want broken homes because broken homes produce broken humans, and broken humans produce broken homes, and broken homes produce broken humans, and on and on we go. My friend, may I say this with all of the unction, function, and emotion of my soul, love is a choice. Love is a choice. You choose to love. Love is a commitment. The emotion may follow. But love is a commitment. And if you don't make that commitment, when a crisis comes, you're going to walk away. But the Bible says you're to cleave to your wife. You're to glue yourself to her. She's glued to you. You ever glue two pieces of paper together? When you try to separate them, you're going to damage both pieces of paper. There's no way that you can unglue something that has been welded and glued together like that. The problem is that many who say, I do, don't. So, all right, okay, so here we are. I'm making a new album. I've got the songs, and I'm making it. And I thought it was going to be one thing, and now it looks like it's going to be something else. But to welcome you into the discussion a little bit, it's quite challenging making an album. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's challenging. And I'm really putting a lot of pressure on myself this time because I feel like it has to compete at a certain level, whatever that means. I'm really proud of the songs and I, I want it to sound, sound really good. good. I want people to think it sounds really good. Whatever that means. I want someone in Nashville to play it and be like, this sounds great, you know? So, I went into the studio to do the drums and the piano, the nice fancy studio with all the tubes and the preamps, multiple tubes. And I did not do a Kickstarter. There's gonna be no Kickstarter. Because I feel like I've, always, I've already been Kickstarted. I'm Kickstarted over here. You know? I've made nine of them. When you count the ones I've made for or with other people, and you count I'm Kickstarter over here. The ones I've made, not really for John Elliott or the Hereafter, but for like Candy Box Violence or I'm Kickstarter over here. I don't know, any number of weird things. I've made twenty, I don't know. A bunch of them. So I can't I can't claim to anyone that I need to be kickstarted. And plus, you know, there are people fleeing the desert in Syria, drowning in the sea. If I had a baby, that's the, everyone, they get a baby. Once you have a baby, then you can be like, I have a baby. And then people get excited about it. But I don't have a baby. So anyway, I've been paying my way slowly over the last, like, six months to make this album. Recording piano, recording drums. I haven't been telling anybody about it, just been doing it. 
working on things here and there. Cool, so we're rolling. <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. Yeah. We are rocking and we're rolling. We are rocking and rolling. I'm here with Axe Prince. Here we are, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, Boom. man. Well, you've been a very supportive person for audios. Definitely, 100%. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite memories, one of my first memories of you is? What's that? And dude? one of my favorite ones? What's that? When I first met you, we had gone out and you'd stayed home. And it was dark. It was like dark at night. It was like, you know, full dark. Uh -huh. Evening. Yeah. And we came back and there were no lights on in the house. No lights. <laughs> and we opened the door and we turned on the lights. And you were in the kitchen with a full spread of sandwich making materials, just no. like putting together a sandwich, but you had no lights on. No, Cause not you don't, at all. Because <laughs> you don't need lights. No. No. I just really, you know, if they were on for a sighted person, I wouldn't really notice a difference. Right, exactly. You don't know any difference. No. I, I wonder about that because I, I really wouldn't notice a difference if a light was on. How could I know? Well, you also don't notice a difference whether <clears throat> you don't see any light or anything. Not at all. And never have your entire life. No. Isn't that amazing? Yes, and th yes, and that was that was because of the machine, the, the you know the oxygen tank, you know the oxygen machine from the hospital that where I was born in. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Walnut Creek down in the Bay Area. Uh huh. And. When I was in the hospital there, I was in an incubator, motorized bed, which is known as an incubator. Mm -hmm. And I had to put in basically, uh, and basically what happened was there was too much oxygen that was put into me from that machine. Oh, wow. And that's what caused my sight to happen. That's what caused me to lose my sight. Oh, wow. From that machine. Wow. Not, not, not by a sharp tool that was put into my eye, but but really, uh, but really, it was mostly from that machine wow. that had too much oxygen uh, that went into me, and I survived. What can you say to people that your experience of the world might help them in some way? Well, uh, whenever, whenever anyone's minds wants to be cleared. People can burn some sage in their house and incense and, you know, if, if just in case anybody had a big day and they want to clear their minds and, burn some sage in their you know, house and incense. they can just breathe all that sage in and all that incense and then it'll definitely help their minds out. Um, or they want to, people want to meditate if they want to take basalts, mm -hmm. baths of basalts, essential yeah. oils inside yeah. it and make, make their, their bodies be cleansed that way. People can do that. Take walks, as much exercise as they can. Whenever anyone's minds wants to be cleared. Which would be important. 
you know, to get as much ex exercise they can, get as much food in their system, much protein in their system too. As much meat, meat as much cheese, meat. as much sour cream they can get along all along their tortillas if they make if they make a burrito or enchilada or something yeah, like yeah. that, and they want to get all the ingredients and all the accessories accessories you know instead of dry burritos dry tortillas just you know guacamole extra guacamole extra beans extra rice if need be extra pol extra accessories. cilantro with tons and tons of habanero sauce like all around the mulberry bush the monkey chased the weasel except all around the sauce and the burrito chased the monkey no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> it is so um, if people want to take supplements that's where it'd be very important to keep their immune system going just have them be people. Yeah. Have them be themselves. Just be you. Oh, that was awesome. Well, do you ever wonder about um, just be you. what the world is like for me as opposed to you, as someone who sees, relies on sight? What is that? Is it, is it, how does that work, John? How does seeing work? Well, like. <clears throat> I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm wondering is, um, since it really does not make a difference for me that I cannot see, yeah. how does it work for you to, to see as a sighted person since, since, since I cannot see at all? It's an amazing question because it is, it rules my entire reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine not seeing, you know? Yeah. Yes. And yet... You're one of the more alive, positive, engaged, and engaging people I know. Yeah, so totally. That's interesting. Because yes. But yeah, exactly. it's like seeing is that's all everything. All perception is seeing. Looking out the window to see. Mm -hmm. You say like I'm gonna see you tonight. You say to people, you know. Yep, and, and, and yep, and I'll say, see you later, buddy. Yeah, I hope right. you have a really wonderful time, and just I hope you be back safely. Cheers, <laughs> boom, you know, and then and then, shoo. I just spent twenty-five dollars for pad thai and twenty-five dollars coconut soup. Twenty-five dollars. That's another. Twenty-five dollars. That's another issue. It's a different issue, but definitely one to think about. So anyway, uh, then in the meantime, I've got these new songs I'm working on at home, and I love how those sound. I just love how they sound. I think they sound great. And I don't know if Nashville is going to like them. They might not be good enough for Nashville. I don't know if they can win a Grammy. Nashville. They probably cannot win a Grammy. Nashville. Um, Nashville. I don't think I'm going to win a Grammy with this album. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to win a Grammy. But I, uh, do I care? I don't know if I care. I don't think I expect or want to win a Grammy. I think I would like just to be respected for what I make. And I would like people to like it. And I would also like to make more money doing it. $25. Fill up larger spaces of people who pay to come hear me play. How's that for a manifestation wish for 2016? Just giving you the real honesty here. Because the other side of that is, you know, I've talked some 
in previous audio, it's about the ups and the downs that come with life, as I know you all experience as well. We all have them. Some people's roller coasters are mellower rides, like the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disney World, and some are like the corkscrew, you know, at Valley Fair. I'm just not, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not feeling it. Low mood. Let's call it... <laughs> Let's call it low mood for the sake of uh, avoiding stereotypes and stigmas and labels. Low mood. I'm having a low mood. That is a goddamn euphemism, if ever there was one. But there it is. I kind of promised myself that I would audioed. I would continue to put out audioids no matter what. I already missed December. A man can't audioed every month of the year, so that's all right, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm halfway not. Like, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, just do not do this. Don't do this. Just take another, take another month off, and you'll have a great idea for... A fabulous audioed, fabulous February. February's not looking good. Probably March. March or April is likely. I'll tell you, uh, every time I'm not in one of these mood, low mood states, low mood, and I am thinking about how I was in one of these mood states, I cannot really remember why they were so bad, you know? And I have this very bold, strong, powerful stance of, I can handle it, you know? Like, it's just, you get dark. Things get dark, man. You just got to work through it. It's like, I have a whole uh, analogy that I use about the, you know, the the fallow, the, the field must lie fallow sometimes. And that's just an important aspect of farming, you know, and you can't just be constantly harvesting strawberries. And that all sounds good when things are good or just fine or normal or great or every moment is a beautiful beam of light and truth streaming through the heavens and directly into your being. But when it gets like this, man, I got to tell you, it is not easy. It's not easy. Um, it is the antithesis of easy. What is that? Hard? It's hard. It's very hard. And I hesitate to share that because there are Syrian refugees streaming across the desert with their families. There are single mothers working three minimum wage jobs, whatever cliche I pulled out of my fucking privileged upbringing to throw that at you. There are, there's downtown Baltimore. There's all this. And so what is one audio maker, singer, songwriter, performer, sometimes speaker, educator to do? Shut up, bro. Go get yourself an Americano and some pad thai and shut up. What's your problem? Shut up. Precious hours now lost forever. 
But anyway, today, I, it's raining. It's very, it's raining here, which is good. You need the rain, big time. And so I just huddled up inside, and I got to work on some things, and I finally started to figure out what I'm making here. It's mellower than I thought it was gonna be. It's gonna be mellow. I'm currently feeling like I don't like bass or drums at all. Like, why did we choose to put in the middle of our songs things that go really loud and or even if they don't go loud, they're just why did we decide to do that? And then also, there's always a why did we decide to do that? So, I don't know. That's where it is. Work in progress. Oh.